Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Today we have two interesting people, and we're going to talk about a load of pop culture that was important to us when they were young. A lot of spooky pop culture. Yeah. It's very important that it's a spooky... As, as, I was, as you were saying in the intro, I was like, where we talk to a spooky person <laughs> about a bit of spooky pop culture that was spooky to them. That chilled them when they were that young. That chilled them, traumatized them, and from that horror, they hatched into the geniuses they are today. Uh, the most formative culture, I think, is the stuff that scared the shit out of you. Um, though we're not actually talking about that necessarily today, but we are talking about... Um, general spookiness and uh i guess spooky things that reference spooky things i suppose yeah the best way to describe it so a couple of weeks ago we had julie hawk on and after it she said you should do a halloween special as halloween special <laughs> and we're like yes obviously we should that's an amazing idea and we should have julie hawk back to do it so julie is here again hey, hey julie. hello, hello. Julie. i'm so glad that idea landed <laughs> <laughs> It landed brilliantly. It was just like, obviously we should do it. We also got like so many good vibes back in from listeners about our Irianda, Irianda, Sarah, Eerie Indiana episode uh, that it was, it's, we haven't really tended to mark our seasonal stuff aside from our Christmas extravaganzas, uh, which are <laughs> just great crack. So it's important to mark the season. Um, so we're delighted to have you back again to talk about spooky business. We also have another recurring member of the extended Juvenilia Care Bear Cousins. Uh, with us today in Jen Gannon. Hello, how oh, are you? We were like, who else knows a load about television? Oh my God. <laughs> Probably yeah. Jen Gannon, yeah. Who's our, our expert who can come in and tell us some, some specific things about specific shows. The question that I'm going to open this up with um, is for both of you, uh, what do you think makes a Halloween special? Like what is the, are the quintessential ingredients that go in the witch's cauldron uh, that makes this kind of episode of television what it is julie you go first yeah i think the so there are lots of like scary bits and pieces that i grew up loving as you know a tv watching nerd but i think for a halloween special the ones that really speak to me are the ones that capture the actual excitement of halloween as well as the the spookiness um so the idea like that there's a party or there's trick-or-treating and that kind of capture those rituals as well as really embracing something that actually scares the shit out of you as the listener or, or out of the characters. Um, so the kind of that kind of play on that social pressure of having to do something on Halloween and then completely like mesh it with actual real life horror as well. And also costumes, right? I feel like seeing beloved characters in costumes mm. as other things is really, really important too there, right? It's part of the, the ceremony. Jen, what about you? That's you my whole thing, really, because like most of the ones that I found that I remembered or loved the most were like your average episode of a teen drama where it would be a Halloween, it would fall on Halloween and it was always about some massive party and when you're growing up and you're like Irish <laughs> you, you simply are no party. You like, <laughs> just have a bag of monkey nuts and a couple of satsumas like, <laughs> and a plastic, you're wearing a plastic bag like so to have that and to have it be real glamorous and it was always like Rather than just being spooky as well, it was kind of like more, there was a dangerous edge to it. There was always like, you know, someone's going to fall in an abandoned building because they went into the haunted house or like that kind of mild peril um, is always a big thing, I think. I think growing up in Ireland, yeah, it did have this this strange like aspirational quality to it, watching, oh, yeah, watching yeah. especially like American TV shows where the, the tradition around costumes is so different. Like we're kind of catching up now and meeting in the middle somewhere in terms of how how big we go 
but that was the black that was bags long black bags for years yeah. absolutely trash bags for years like i every single photograph of me at halloween as a child i am wearing a bin bag mm-hmm. i'm wearing a bin bag and i am wearing the same black which is had brought from a pound shop mm-hmm. like that is that is just that's it full stop i had one friend whose mad dressed up as a cat every year and she was just wearing a load of pairs of tights yeah that was an like, iconic look for yeah. so many yeah. young irish girls <laughs> <laughs> shiny shoes yeah. and like that was it that was your Halloween costume Don't my mum once dressed me up oh this is a really big bone of contention in her family <laughs> because I had short hair when I was growing up because I was a messer and I wasn't allowed to have long hair and my sister was allowed to have long hair but my mum put a construction worker hat on me one year and covered my face in dirt and said I worked for the corporation oh, and brutal. just scarred me for life brutal. I think I cried going around all the houses because she thought it was such a laugh and my sister got to dress like as a, a lady she's dressed as a lady in inverted commas every year just to like like have a big blowout of her hair and wear one of my mom's dresses and I had to go around with dirt on my face so <laughs> giving nobody a complex giving nobody a complex what about you Al? Um, it was always just a mask. You know, it was like the five the masks in like one. in yeah. uh, like we had Besco in Waterford, which is a Tesco knockoff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like the green mask, the yellow mm. one, the orange one. It's all the same face with just different color scars. Yeah. I can feel the texture yeah. of that. Yeah. You're very lucky. You get the Dracula kit, which was a bit of white makeup and a bit of red makeup. Uh, in and a little thingy. Yeah. yeah. But that was it. Like there was no. I remember going to when I went to college and went out on Halloween for the first time in first year and realizing everybody had gone all out. I was like, oh, we're allowed to do this again. I didn't realise. You're like allowed actually like being into it. Full homemade Ghostbuster costumes. And amazing. Like full on Amy Winehouse's wow. tottering around the Brogue in Cork. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. Before, actually, before we go into the specials, I really need to know what your best Halloween costumes have been. I'm really curious about this. Oh, I know. Um, I was at an all-night party. Oh, my God. So this added to it. I was at an all-night party the night before. And then my sister was having a Halloween party in her house the night after. So I was like, I have no sleep. And I just went in and I had this massive big brown wig that was all kind of candle, like tangled up. But then I just, because I looked so sick because I was so hungover, I just got a load of white and green makeup and I got one of my mom's old night dresses and it was Reagan from The Exorcist. Oh, and It brilliant. was so spot on, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't need to do much to my face, put it that way. Like, But that was my favourite one to do. Definitely. What about you, Julie? Um, so the one that the one that I was most excited about, uh, my aunt had been to the states, and obviously their like decorations and stuff over there back in the day were were completely different from the kind of stuff that we get. And she had found these big. She'd heard through through the grapevine, my mum, that I wanted to dress up a, as a pumpkin, so she had found oh. these huge like trash bags that are orange and have a pumpkin face on them and what they they're for when you sweep up all the leaves because it's fall when you sweep up all the leaves you're supposed to fill it and then in your front garden you have this giant pumpkin so she brought this back for me and in my head it was like oh great I'm gonna be this like perfectly round pumpkin and uh and my mum was super crafty so she managed to kind of turn it into something with well you know she put the armholes in and she gave me she made some kind of like green conical hat for me so that my face would be the stem so I had a green face to be like the stem of the pumpkin but obviously I started off the night like very round but as as things as the night went on I had to like 
drop my arms eventually. So I was this kind of triangular like <laughs> safety cone with a face in front. But it was definitely the most excited. I like that it's still a black bag it's though. Still a bin bag. It's still a bin bag. Essentially. Yeah. Still yeah. a bin bag. Yeah. It's just an, it's an yeah. elevated bin bag. Oh, yeah. 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 Bin bags. I, was, I was an alien one year with a black bin bag. Definitely a witch a few years as well. Morticia. I was a hippie when I was 10. That's After I read Helter Skelter, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go as a Manson girl. <laughs> like, yeah, my mom loved that. I did, yeah, that was my possibly my favorite one as a child, definitely. What were yours, Al? Um, probably the best one I did was Clark Kent for a work thing. Oh, very good. So I had a suit, but I had a Superman t shirt underneath and I had like the shirt pinned back Easy, so you could just like yeah. hold it. And that was it. I didn't, that like the body was Superman, the rest of the head wasn't. <laughs> I did have like gla- like frameless glasses, my hair slicked back and stuff. But yeah, how about in, you? In San Francisco, um, San Franciscans uh, d- go so hard on Halloween that it would knock your eyes out. It is very, very competitive. Like you're if you're going to a Halloween party out there, you're like you're here to fucking like I was gonna say you're here to fuck. You're not here to dance. <laughs> <laughs> but you know or, what I mean. Yes. But the uh, I went as um, my my most elaborate costume in adulthood is um, Marie Sanfrantonette, where I bought a twelve dollar nineteen eighties satin wedding dress in a thrift shop, and got a wig which is more expensive than the dress, which was the Rococo one. Went as full Marie Antoinette, but I had a little red plastic bridge in my hair. Uh, for the San Fran bit. Um, and uh, I got so drunk uh, leaving the apartment that I tripped o- on for loco um, <laughs> that I tripped over my dress on the middle of Mission Street um, like full my whole body down on the ground and the traffic applauded <gasps> at my fall no. which was um, mortifying and terrible but worth it. The photographs are great. Um, my pal at the time um, who's living with us uh, Chrissy, who was great for good costumes, um, she was wearing a Sonic, a full a children's Sonic the Hedgehog outfit. Oh, amazing. Which she had sort of stretched to fit her and had painted herself blue. It was wow. really, uh, really quite terrifying. She's she's amazing for that kind of thing. As a child, genuinely, there was nothing. It was just bin bags. So I feel like every year when I pull out the Virgin Mary or a Marie Antoinette or something, it's making up mm. for the years spent in bin bags and I know that's small oh, yeah. Yeah. Bin bag. the that's sweaty Halloween. feeling yeah. it's not sweets it's mm. not like fires Halloween to me is the smell of the inside of a bin bag mm. like that is and the inside of them, those plastic masks as well mm. they oh, yeah. were so wet with sweat yeah. they were disgusting <laughs> so claustrophobic yeah. yeah the sound of your own breath yeah <laughs> <laughs> the real horror the real horror <laughs> I find the I find the idea of full body paint costumes so stressful like the idea of having to find a place to sit yeah uh, like even doing the full green oh mm. i gotta hand it to my pal christina like the 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 increasingly worn off blue face makeup really it, it had it had an edge to it it really had a just yeah. left leaving little stamps were everywhere <laughs> do you know what i mean like it was utter chaos great stuff though like really glorious uh you know, it's, it's nice to feel like you've succeeded at something. <laughs> <laughs> just that one time. Just that one time we really killed it. We really went went next level. Uh, now, nowadays, simply cannot be fucked at all. But uh, no. back then, it was very, very uh, important. So let's talk about our specials. Uh, yeah, so before we started, we came up with kind of lists of Halloween episodes we really liked. I think the two Buffy episodes, two Buffy Halloween episodes, really tie into what we've just been talking about. Because mm. one of them is specifically costume horror, which is Halloween from season two. Julia, it was one of yours. Do you want to tell us about it? 
I, I first of all, I find it crazy. I thought we'd be talking about like all seven Halloween episodes from Buffy. There's only three, and then the third one nobody really remembers because it's kind of a Dawn episode. Sorry, Dawn. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Dawn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's brilliant, right? First of all, it's just it's so lovely to see characters in costume, um, because it's that that typical thing of like they're dressing up as. They even say it in in that episode. Buffy says it's come as you are in tonight. So it's lovely seeing the characters like dress up and like go out of their shells. Um, but yeah, the introduction of Ethan Rain into the Buffy season through the through the haunted Halloween costumes, it's just perfection. And the idea of you turning into the character you are and everybody's kind of played against type in this episode because mm-hmm. like Xander is an army guy and you're like, oh, I can see how that actor could have probably been in like Platoon or something. If He's probably old enough to be in Platoon as well, <laughs> actually. But... <laughs> And like uh, Alison Hannigan, like dressing up as like hot girl, I guess, mm. um, but under a, a sheet and having to do that. Excellent. Yeah, um, it's a really fun episode. Yeah, like, I mean, Buffy especially being like a eighteenth century helpless. They kind of had to cred- lean incredible into sexist. it. Like... Yeah. <laughs> it just, I think, for a character like Buffy, who because I I have been out sick this week, so I've been watching lots of Buffy. I'm watching lots of early, and even in the early days, like. She has a lot going on. Like she's she mm. lives a pretty heavy life, and she doesn't have that many like comedy moments apart from her, you know, quips to the the vampires here and there. But like she is, just seeing her having so much fun with that character is, is such a laugh, and getting to just be this like kind of prissy character who doesn't know what to do, and she's hamming up all of these like feminine tropes. It's it, they clearly just had so much fun. Yeah. No, I just I mean I put it into like because at the same time. Um, the only other show that was like a teen show at the same time was Dawson's Creek mm-hmm. and the Dawson Creek Halloween specials are truly awful they're dreadful oh. and that's none of them are on my list because and you would think they're great because it's Kevin Williamson like mm. Scream I know what you did last summer one of them I know what you did last summer is actually based on an ep- the, one of the Halloween episodes for Dawson's Creek one of the early ones Um oh. And but they're all dreadful. Like they, I don't know what I, you would expect them to be, something that would properly get a vibe about. Like they tried to make it a little bit scary, and it never worked because it's like it. It just was really dim or just really over the top. And rather than trying to like work with the melodrama, what they do best on Dawson's Creek, they tried to make it actually funny, and and that was something that it never was. So I think. To have Buffy and like Buffy is a completely different style of show, but like at the same time, knowing their audience and knowing what their audience enjoys about the show itself is so important. And to give that kind of twist to it, because it could go anywhere with Buffy for Halloween. Of course it could. But they kind of do a standard teen Halloween episode, but do it like their own kind of twist on it in a way that's. When you look at it like directly compared to something like Dawson's Creek, which, which should have just leaned into the melodrama and didn't, it just looks like they don't know what their audience actually wants from them. Mm. Like, I guess like a good Halloween episode, it kind of uses that freedom of Halloween to like amp up the characters and like, mm. but the Dawson's Creek characters just don't have a darkness that works amped up in a Halloween way. Yeah. Whereas like, like, uh, say Willow's fear of being sexy is a thing, and her shyness, and that gets to be brought out there, and Buffy is thinks that Angel might want a more conventional 18th century girl and that gets paid up and then who doesn't want a more conventional 18th century girl <laughs> come on that's yeah. what we all want and then in the other Buffy episode um, what's that one called again 
It's the one with the fear demon. Oh, fear itself. Xander is terrified that they've all gone to college and he hasn't. Mm. And he literally becomes invisible to them. And everybody is getting pushed into confronting themselves, which and which you can do with Buffy because it's magic and just exactly. little Gaelic fear demons. <laughs> like And Buffy can get really silly with it as well. Yeah. Like the fact that at the end the fear demon is six inches tall and she just steps on him, which is good. Uh absolute Giles moment in that episode when he just because every season up till then he's been taking taking like patrolling and training so seriously and it turns out all, all his life he's been a big fan of Halloween. He's just never really had the time to embrace <laughs> to embrace <laughs> <the> <laughs> Oh, he's wearing a sombrero, yeah. And he gets a chainsaw <laughs> moment as well, which is good. He does. Classic Giles. Also, I went down a wonderful uh, Giles rabbit hole this week and found out that he played Dr. Frank in Rocky Horror Picture Show on the West End production. Amazing. Wow. And that is worth a Google. You can find it on YouTube, him singing like all the Dr. Frank numbers. It's fantastic. Just, wasn't just he like the coffee yeah. man as well, though? He's like The coffee man? He's, wasn't he like the star of... Oh, the Nescafe ads. The Nescafe ads. Yeah, he was Nescafe oh, ads. That was such a vibe, like those Nescafe ads. Because oh it was like a little mini soap, like... And I was like, they're going to have an affair. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Or I don't know what was going on. They were neighbours and they kept they were, borrowing yeah. sugar off. He's a much, he's yeah. a much more punk... Uh, oh, wow. He's way more punk as Dr. Frank. And Wasn't and expecting that. Stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, he's more kind of Boy Georgie or something with like the pink on the yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, I like that look. It's good. He uh, looks like an extra in Hackers. Yeah, it's a little bit of a cyberpunk edge to it there. Yeah, with the chain. That's um, that's the last costume that I dressed up as for Halloween was a hacker's. No really? generic hacker's costume. This is yes, for you, Julie. Can you, um, can you see it? My costume is to do a group, a group hacker's costume. Oh, that would yeah. be. Amazing. But I can never find. I can never find enough hackers fans. Oh, <laughs> I'm there, hundred percent. I am there. Love. <laughs> Such a formative film, hundred percent. I think the group costume is the trickiest thing to pull off, but when it does, it's very, very satisfying. It's very good. We have a balcony on our, our apartment at the front and, and a very, um, and a puppy. So we're going to try and discourage children from ringing our bell on Halloween nights. <laughs> so we're going to camp out on the balcony uh, with a couple of our friends and like lower a basket of sweets down from the top and make a bit of a deal just to stop the doorbell. <laughs> it's very, it's a long way to go for for an outcome, but we were going to dress up as a, the Scooby, the Scooby gang, like the oh, mystery the team. Um, but uh all the profound efforts though so we're just going to get a load of white sheets and be ghosts on holiday instead um, which is technically a group costume but it's, it's not the whole thing classic willow costume but uh, but, uh huh? classic willow it is yeah there you go sexy ghosts but you can't you just dress super sexy underneath in case you do turn into ghosts yeah, yeah, yeah. then it gets Job you sexy done. forever <laughs> but also can we appreciate the foreshadowing of sexy willow because that that makes a comeback um, when she turns vampire a few seasons later for one episode she turns into Bad Willow she I feel like I've Willow seen that one yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, yeah my my Buffy my Buffy knowledge is um, I got really 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 into it a couple of years ago having not watched it as a teenager and uh, like there's so much of it to get into. I think I ta- I tapered off after a few seasons, but I have I'm comforted in the knowledge that there is a there is good spookiness always there for me. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's waiting no, it's waiting for me, you know, like I'll 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 wrap in with that. But I have these lovely patchy sky one memories of it mm. where it was just sort of ambiently on a lot, you know. So uh by osmosis I have a very maybe I just feel like the actress who played uh Willow was just very attractive and that's probably what I'm remembering. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she was just sexy all the time. Yeah, they just have to pretend she wasn't matter. for the other 23 <laughs> yeah. episodes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are some non 
not necessarily Halloween, but like full on horror episodes of Buffy that are really, really great as well. And they're probably, they're some of the best kind of standalone ones. So there's one in the high school seasons where they go full on Salem witch trial. And it's, it's not one that like comes up very often in the kind of lists of, you can tell I'm a mad Buffy fan. It doesn't come up in like the lists of best Buffy episodes very often. But another one that does is the, um, the Hush episode where everyone in Sunnydale loses their voice. And there's these hovering demons called the gentlemen, like some serious prosthetic real makeup, uh, perfect horror. And they really lean into that. So I think that's why maybe Buffy didn't do so many Halloween specials because they kind of- Buffy mm. is a Halloween show. Exactly, yeah, that's Buffy the thing. Buffy is spooky. They did, they did the odd like full on horror episode to kind of like counteract it. definitely, I, I feel like Buffy is like a Halloween experience. There's loads of, lo- I'm sorry, I'm leaning back. There's lots of, uh, lots of really good shows like that that just have that nice autumnal spooky kind mm. of vibe to it. What are, you, you both had very long lists, which is nice. And there were only a few crossover points with them, weren't there? Um, would anyone else like to throw another? Well, I was just going to say that Gilmore Girls is such an autumnal ah, show. Yeah. It is. Gilmore it's very Girls is yeah, leaves and yeah. coffee and scarves and hats. Lorelai and a hat, as so we all know. Layers. What the hell's going on? Lorelai had to have, there was one season where Lorelai had to wear a hat like in nearly every episode <laughs> and it was just... I was like, she's got to turn up in some kind of like ten gallon hat or like some kind of like <laughs> tree corn, you know, revolutionary number at some point. Because it's like, what well, to just keep on throwing hats on her? But anyway, there is no real Gilmore Girls Halloween episode. There is no Halloween special. There is a episode that takes place around the time of Halloween and it's Rory's 21st birthday but I just think it's really surprising to me that a show that is just like perfect New England type of show yeah. that would just be so ripe for Halloween they, they maybe never it's just it. always Halloween there yeah maybe that's another just, like, thing like with yeah. Buffy it's just like maybe this whole show is a Halloween special <laughs> we, like, they're living inside a pumpkin Gilmore Girls <laughs> is just like September October it is know, always like, forever always. Yeah. that's the vibe yeah. Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Where they just kind of dodge it because I feel like loads of shows are excited again to throw a costume mm. on, like, on, on their cast. Like this morning, I watched the uh, Frasier Halloween special, oh, the first of two. So good. And it's such a good farce. It's one of the ones, um, the finest ones of people overhearing things and doors opening and, and doors closing. And yeah. It's uh, not, uh, the library uh, is throwing, Niles is throwing the library like a fundraising party, a benefit where everyone has to come dressed as their favourite literary character. Um, and it's fucking brilliant because what is happening in the real lives of the characters alongside this is that Roz has just discovered that she's pregnant, which is how you know it's really early on in the show. Um, and also Niles is starting to suspect there's something going on between Daphne and Fraser. And this all comment, this information of Roz being pregnant and this uh, suspicion of Daphne and Fraser and people mishearing each other and miscommunicating and misreporting things ends in this brilliant confusion and they're also all in ridiculous costume <laughs> as well at the time Niles is wearing like a prosthetic nose which is like enormous off of his face and it's used to great effect like every so often it'll just be kind of off center yeah. like not in a way that's incredibly obvious but just a little bit off center uh Roz dresses up as O from the story of O and then everyone oh. goes oh um <laughs> And is and is pregnant and is having a terrible time with this this discovery. Um, and is it's very very she handles it. In a, there's lots of great lines that they give her where I think Daphne asks her for a tissue and Roz just kind of gestures at herself and is like, "If you can't see it, I ain't got it." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, the the whole cast is is 
the backing chorus is all dressed in really elaborate costumes as well. Um, it's just nice to, nice to see them all dressed up. And Camille Grammer is in it, Housewives fans, as we all know. No That's where they, one of the first meetings, I think, between them, he fancied her and hired her to play. She's Eve. Wow. She's, she's Eve! Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's such a great thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and who are you? She's like, I'm Eve from the Bible. It's a book. Mm. That is incredible. I didn't know so that. So that's Camille. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Because he spends the, because this, the, Niles thinks that Fraser has gotten Daphne pregnant and Daphne can't stop crying because she's allergic to her eye makeup. <laughs> makeup. <laughs> and Fraser spends the whole evening trying to get stuck into Eve and Niles is growing more and more and more outraged by the minute and more drunk by the minute. I cannot believe that's Camille Grammer. Yeah. That's a, what an amazing one. Holy shit. Like powerful trivia. Oh, so look, good. housewives. Uh, they're getting everywhere. They're, they're, they're <laughs> hiding got, everywhere. You've got like Kyle, you've got the Richards, you know, they were in Halloween and like all of that. So Kim Richards, uh, not Kim, uh, Kyle is in Halloween and she's in the new Halloween now as well, the one that's coming out. So they have a very um, spooky ubiquitous present yeah. there's also there's some sort of blood pack on there's too much money on the table <laughs> for nobody who's doing any like dealings with the spirit world but uh, what I liked about it was that it like as a Halloween backdrop and like Frasier is a camp show but there isn't mm. a kind of an extra campness to watching everybody in full costume knocking around as well, well who is Fraser dressed as again I can't uh, remember it's ridiculous somebody from the Canterbury oh, Tales, Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what it yeah, was yeah. it's the most ridiculous outfit like as kind of like bloomers yeah it's and, really like, formal and weird yeah. and poor Daphne is just one of his wenches uh, lady something or no she's wife of bath she's wife of bath yeah. that's yeah. it and uh God the sexiest Canterbury Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, is is weeping thoroughly for most of the episode. And Marty is uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Um, and Bulldog is Where's Wally, uh, which is really great. And everyone is outraged that he's Where's Wally, which is, you know, honestly, one of the easiest and most reliable Halloween costumes for any That's gathering. That's a great idea. Is yeah. yeah. Where's Wally, you know? Julie, give us another special. So I went through a long list of cartoon specials as well that I love. And... and like, I've been bitching because I caught a cold this week, but it did give me a lot of excuses to, like, dial back the hands of time and watch a lot of cartoons this week. It's been brilliant. Um, so one of my... I'm dying to talk about this. One of the things that's freaked me out beyond all reason since I was really small is the idea of aliens. And so a lot of, like, generic, you know, your what would be expected kind of spooky things that people are afraid of, like, I don't know, ghosts or spiders. I'm fine with a lot of them but aliens have gotten me from a really young age. I have this very early memory of, um, I think I was meant to be in bed and someone had one of these like America's weirdest home videos on. And I caught maybe like a 30 second glimpse of this clip that someone had taken of what they thought was a UFO. And that just stayed in my mind. Like I just full on thought that aliens were real. So any kind of spooky alien episodes really speak to me. And the Hey Arnold Halloween special does that in spades it's so so good it's also a very good example of group costumes which we appreciate and also a really good example of like kids playing a big prank which I all I always love the idea of being able to like fool the whole town with a big hoax but obviously in real life that's like really hard to pull off and you get in a lot of trouble um but basically uh Arnold's grandfather and all the tenants in the house that he lives with are planning their annual Halloween party and it's this big scary thing and they say it's too scary for the kids so when Arnold and Gerald find out that they can't come obviously they're like well we need to find a way to get back at them because you know 
we need to find find a way to scare the adults because they think that this thing this stuff is too scary for us so um they are actually watching ironically one of these america's like ufo sightings of america one of these tv shows in in the cartoon and uh it gives the guys the idea of like pulling off this the kind of town-wide alien hoax so helga and all the other hang characters uh dress up in this mask group costume in, in as like identical aliens and gerald and arnold go up on top of the roof and they they hope they do a hoax radio broadcast, which can be heard throughout the building, but it actually gets picked up uh, throughout the whole town by accident. So the whole town hears about this UFO sighting. And in the meantime, the kids are all running around in these alien costumes. And it's so it's so spooky that they can't get that at some point they can't get the makeup off. So the town actually believes that they are properly invading like, or the world and they, yeah, they yeah. end up in this big witch hunt or alien hunt being chased around the town until um i think they dress the water tower up as the spaceship and eventually the spaceship uh the the, the water tower explodes and all of the water lands on the kids and finally just at this moment where the kids are about to get like pummeled by the town the, the makeup comes off and they realize like oh it's just kids but it has so many great moments of just like they've landed that you know we're doomed and just i i was convinced as a child that this was because you know it's sciencey it's possible you know aliens could be out there and i just to this day it just gets me like in my gut that's so good man and i love that i love that idea of like that war of the worlds vibe mm. because that is a real thing that happened that broadcast yeah. did make people think that there was something going down so it's a lovely thing to hark back to it's a lovely conceit yeah. to play with you know but also how fucking scary would that be if you were a kid <laughs> you'd be so upset <laughs> that you did so many things yeah. so many people would be mad at you <laughs> oh. and i was just i was so enamored by like you know on tv when kids are able to like use their walkie-talkies to carry out these like elaborate pranks and i loved the idea of being able to do that in real life but it just uh there's so much, a so genre of stuff i love it's called it's generally condensed down to just kids on bikes kids on bikes like yeah. et yeah. et stranger yeah. things yeah anything where they do that kind of king of the hill had a kids yeah. on bikes episode as well i think yeah it's always good. Mm. It's always aspirational when you're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's something that Irish kids have in common, finally, with marrying kids, mm. so kids on That's bikes. True. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, especially if you're an estate kid, like, mm. there's four TVs, you all have, y'all got a bike for some Christmas, <laughs> yeah. or somebody's brother has a bike, or sister has a bike that you ended up with. Everyone has a bike, and there are plenty of really, it gives you a feeling of purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are walkie-talkies so much more exciting? Oh my god! We all, yeah, this is it. Who who would have known <laughs> that the walkie-talkie would become a fucking burden? Yeah. You know, like I cannot believe that I have this device in my pocket that should be exciting, but is in fact instead a vortex. It's trapping you. It's but a trap. Everybody loves voice notes, which are walkie-talkies. That's true. Yeah, the voice note is king. Everyone loves a voice yes. note. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I got a vo- I got a voice note from a friend this week, which was just. Uh, her laughing for eight seconds at me. I do a lot of that. I just told her a story and she just laughed hysterically. She's obviously trying to say something but then gave up. And uh, it's that is a treasured, treasured <laughs> item of sound. So I suppose, yeah, the voice note actually mm. might be the closest thing that we have to the dispatch. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Firebird can hear me like, yeah. uh, copy that. Copy that. Who doesn't want to say copy that all the time? Like, right. It's exciting to it say is. a thing, you know, mm. like it's exciting. Jen, give us another special. I'm going to oh. keep doing this. I'm going to keep moving like, you around. I mean, if we're talking about cartoons, I know I mentioned this because when I think of Halloween, I always think of this cartoon. I mean, my sister used to end up seeing, they used to play it around Halloween, but it's not strictly a Halloween and in inverted commas cartoon. It was an episode of Looney Tunes and it was Sylvester and Tweety Bird and it's Tweety Bird turning into Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yes, I know this one. I watched it as well. Honestly, one of the funniest oh. cartoons I've ever, and still to this day, like I've watched it again. Because when I made the list up, I was like, I'm crazy putting this on. It's probably not no, even. No, I remember but this But then one. I watched it afterwards and I actually cried laughing. I was like, it's too ridiculous. Like, it, I can't describe, like sometimes when I'm really hungover and my hair is in bits and it's just and massive, I will say I look like that Tweety Bird in it. <laughs> Tweety Bird drinks this potion and becomes all looking like a hairy weed of it. Really funny what they I look like. It's just, it's, uh, it, it only lasts like literally, because those cartoons literally only last like two minutes or something, but it's two minutes of Sylvester chasing small Tweety Bird and then all of a sudden they'll drink the potion and turn into this massive hairy Weedabix and Sylvester will run away and then it'll go really small again. And it's that's all that is for like two minutes and it's just... Unbelievably I funny. just googled the Halloween Tweety Bird and I've just found a bunch of really cursed Halloween Tweety Birds. That's really uh, true. Uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to be no, posting that, a lot that, of those on Twitter.com. Bad vibes. Bad. <laughs> Depressing. A bad time for everybody. I fucking love the Looney Tunes. Yeah, me too. I like, like I the watched, best. I had loads of VHSs of them as a kid, mm. which I just watched into oblivion. And you know what was nice about them was many of them were silent. That's it. Me and my sister loved two specific ones. They were both like themed ones. Was One was like the dancing, which is a Halloween one. The, there were Merry Melodies. Yeah, the yeah. Of so dancing skeletons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was just a black and white one where it was all these skeletons coming out. And it had the most gorgeous soundtrack, like real kind of 1920s jazzy spooky kind shit. of spooky yeah, jazz. Yeah. But then there was another one they had for Easter time, which was, this is like ingrained in our brains, where there was like bunny rabbits painting Easter eggs in a production line. Oh my God, it's like just it the most comforting thing you'll ever see. And you know when like they'll open the paint and it was like the paint kind of in Alice in Wonderland where it was like checkered paint or polka dot paint. Like oh. it's just uh, amazing. But yeah, I loved a theme. So that that Looney Tunes, I don't know why these, but they used to always show an RT around Halloween. They were like, "That's the spookiest that we get that's here." All, that's like, all we got for you, man. That's <laughs> yes. it. A know? bird no, got a little bit larger. Frankenstein bird. <laughs> Terrifying. I'll hit me, woman. I was gonna say uh, on Disney Plus they have a Halloween section right now, Ooh. which has like films, TV shows, specific episodes, all the Simpsons Halloween episodes, all like laid out for you. Brilliant. Um, but and they actually had the two Buffy episodes in their in their list, wow. and they were like Modern Family and stuff. Okay. But there's a 1937 uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy cartoon called Lonesome Ghosts, oh. where it's basically Ghostbusters. No way. So which one is the Venkman? It's Bugs. It's, it's, <laughs> no, Bugs no, isn't in it. No, 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 yeah. Wait, well he is. That, that's yeah. definitely it then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's these four ghosts in a mansion and they have scared everybody out of the mansion and they're bored so they ring up these paranormal investigators who are Mickey, Donald and Goofy and get them out to the house to try to scare them love it and it's just business animated business with these three (laughs) characters for like seven minutes until eventually they scare the three of them down into the basement where there's a load of flour and like um, water and they all just get covered in flour and water and then they're the ghosts and they think, oh no, there's actual ghosts here and they scare the ghosts out of the house. But it's like this beautifully animated like vintage Disney which I never would have seen unless Disney had highlighted in this section. It was really cool. 
Yeah. Very nice. Like, I, I, yeah, anything like that, those kind of like one-offs that you do, mm. you need to catch them. And like, what we were talking about earlier, before just, we started recording, where we were saying like, how cartoons do references so well. Like you were saying, like with Hey Arnold, like War of the World stuff. And then you'd see like in cartoons, like the whole ride, the Valkyries, that really mm. famous one in Looney Tunes. Like they, there's so many references. And then with the Simpsons, with like Treehouse of Horror, they just had every single reference stuff in there that you could ever imagine for like cinema wise. And it's just- Oh, I feel like I've seen so many things that I haven't seen because of yeah. Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I haven't seen, I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Feel like oh seen, my God. Feel like I've seen Johnny Nightmare Depp is in a crop top in it. <laughs> like, how have you not seen this? <laughs> That's the only reason, oh God. There's some literally... just like, you just need to sell it to me with one line. Honestly, one line. that was the only reason you I watched it. crop top, see you later. <laughs> I didn't even know what the film was about, I swear to God, but I knew that that man was in a crop top in it, so I was definitely going to watch it. Terrified the life out of me because, like, just something to do with like dreaming. Don't like now. I'll never sleep. Thanks a million. Like, leave me with that one. At least, at least let me have my sleep. Exactly. But, oh, but you've Layers never seen dreams. it. So. Dreams within dreams. Not knowing if you've properly woken up yet. That is. That is a proper horror trope that freaks me out as well. Big sickness. Big sick in the tummy when you're like, oh no, I'm still asleep. Oh, yeah. No, no. And it's a good way to tell no, stories like as well. It. Julie, hit us up with another one. Well, I was actually going to say, um, I remembered a really old classic Disney as well that was one of the, it's one of the earliest kind of proper horror things I remember consuming as a kid. Um, I had a picture book of a bunch of classic Mickey Mouse from like the 30s so that they were would have been cartoons but then they kind of just produced these little picture books of the cartoons and you could read a rough the ones with the golden book. edges on the yeah, side yeah and you could have like yeah. a, a rough synopsis of the of what was happening um but a lot of those worked without dialogue as well because i'd say there was probably I, I don't know if there was much talking in them but you got this feeling of like it being like a silent film with music in the background and anyway mickey and goofy find themselves uh knocking on the door of this mansion which it turns out is owned by a mad scientist and he ends up doing these various tricks on him where he turns he turns animals into kind of household objects so he's got a, a cuckoo clock that actually has a bird in it so he kind of lures them in but eventually it's it's really brutal goofy and mickey and oh is it pluto or pluto and mickey end up uh like in shadows. <laughs> uh mickey ends up on a on basically the surgical table with a buzz saw getting closer and closer and closer and closer to his stomach and I remember really specifically this idea that because because Mickey has his little pot belly right yeah. and he's just sucking it in and I can see that yeah he like disappears <laughs> into himself yeah yeah and just as it nicks him he wakes up and he's been stung by a by a wasp and the sound of the buzzsaw what? is the sound of the wasp that was in his room, which is kind of terrifying as well. But like this idea of, because I have, I'm a very vivid dreamer. So things like that have always really stuck with me as well. I used to have this, I think particularly the, the fact that it was in black and white really spooked me. And I used to have this recurring dream that everything in the world just went dark. So it was a perfectly normal world. You were, it was daytime, you were walking around your house, but there was no light. And this, this gloomy kind of black and white, I think it was really influenced by those old Mickey picture books that I used to read because there's, 
Um, you know, in a cartoon, when you're in a dark room, all you see are the eyes. Eyes, mm. yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that's where those reoccurring dreams came from for me. Just this And there's a real blackness. look to those cartoons from that time as well, because they're all hand-drawn and hand-inked mm. and like... God, they're gorgeous. There was that other one, the 60s one, but I think it's a film. I don't know if it's a one-off, that Disney one of like Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. And the Headless Horseman in that is terrifying. Like as a child watching that, I remember we enjoyed it to a point where it was like the Ichabod Crane song is cool. And then the fucking Headless Horseman. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, no, you know what? I don't like this anymore. Let's turn it off. Like, yeah, but that was was one that was always on around Halloween as well. They'd always put that on. Yeah, it feels like the Halloween, I like, how Irish people are kind of leaning further I guess part of it is, is sort of the grand American exhale of what they love ends up being you know what I mean like I like this whole uh, currently this will date this podcast but currently the chats about um whether or not Ireland should get a bank holiday for Thanksgiving oh here we go hilarious so like you know <laughs> that like no is the answer by the way um but there's a uh, we should get a bank holiday but not for that yeah um but the, our autumnal love is there's more opportunities to celebrate and more cultural things to celebrate but I don't remember I guess I remember accidentally seeing Halloween specials mm. but I'm so glad now that you can kind of just dip into ones mm. because they're we have like a master body of things to watch mm. over the spooky season it's really good I and because it's like a lot of U- UK they don't celebrate it because they have Guy Fawkes oh, um, yeah. so you'd never have anything any British shows no. that would reference really Halloween hard so that's why we always felt kind of almost closer to Americans in that way because we did Halloween and we're like oh they do Halloween too yeah, you know yeah. and like I remember the first I think the very first representation of Halloween that I ever saw on in pop culture was E.T. When yeah. they went out for Halloween, and I was like, "Huh, we do that." That's like, the same as us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a funny one. Um, but yeah, so you don't have a lot of British culture in that at all. So anything that I, I think anything that I have on, I had on my list is all American, because of that. Like, there's a lovely modern cartoon actually, which is a brief. I know it's a brief deviation, but like it's something that I feel like when I recommend it to people, I push it into their hands like a diamond. I'm like, take this. It's dangerous to go alone. Um, have you seen Over the Garden Wall? No. Oh. oh my god I'm so glad I get to tell you about it <laughs> <laughs> do it uh, it's something that if I had been a kid when it was on I would have been upset you know when you see something you're like ah oh, yeah that was made for me you've seen mm. Danielle I've seen the first episode actually it went off Netflix just to start oh, watching oh shit they did take it off yeah. Netflix um, it'll pop up again somewhere it, it will definitely yeah. it's 10 episodes that are 10 minutes long each exactly and it's about a boy called Wirt and his little brother, his little half-brother, Greg, who are lost in the woods. And I don't want to tell you anything more about it because I, when I watched it first, I watched it blind and it completely changed my life. Like, it's beautiful storytelling. It's all set in autumn. It's all that deep Americana. Yeah. There are different animators come through it. So there are different sequences animated in different styles. So you have scenes that look like the graveyard dance that are all real 1920s you have more modern ones the voice cast would take your head off your shoulders fucking tim curry's in it elijah wood um low uh, Ju- uh, uh jennifer saunders is in it like loads of people are in it like it's a it's a complete capsule it, it happens over 10 episodes nothing that you see goes to waste the songs are fucking brilliant and it has that like really lovely wintry autumnal feel to it and uh, I feel like it's not a Halloween special 
but it is a special Halloween thing. It's Halloween adjacent. It's a, yeah. a vibe. There is a big Halloween feature in it. But again, I really would love you guys to watch it and know Ooh. nothing about it because, and it's years old now. I think it came out in 2012 or something. But I remember seeing it and just being like, this is fucking unbelievable. And it calls in all of those lovely tropes around like I guess big American Halloween things that we would have only learned about through osmosis like Jesus I don't think I ever saw a fucking pumpkin in my life when I was a child did you? <laughs> never not at all like I remember plastic apart from my big plastic bin bag yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's an import you know yeah. I remember I remember seeing what them stacked up in the super going in Northside Shopping Centre when I was very small and they were like 10, 10 quid or something wow. my mother was like no and I was like okay probably right you know, I still don't think I've ever carved a pumpkin. I've never. I wouldn't trust myself. That's yeah, it's like with a recipe knife. for A and E. There's some very, very talented people who are making all sorts of beautiful shapes, and then I'm like, I'll just leave that to the okay. camera. I'm not a crafty I'm person. Not, no, I'm mm, no brain smooth. I grew up. Uh, my best friend's mother is from Canada, uh, so I got to adopt some traditions, some North American traditions, uh, like via via her family. And one thing that she just need one good pal yeah. you need one good uh, pal one thing she always had in the house was canned pumpkin oh, so delish. I was introduced at a very early age to proper North American pumpkin pie and I did my I did my, my online order a couple of days ago <laughs> flat on the couch I was like oh, I need to order pumpkin you're pumpkin, ready pumpkin so in a, maybe it'll take about a week to get here, but you'll be seeing some very envious pumpkin pie pictures. I Actually, nobody else in my house eats it, so usually I make the pumpkin pie just and it lasts me a good half a year because I've got it frozen Like, and I'll just get through it when I really feel like, oh, I could do with some pumpkin pie and I'll lash into it. It's cosy as all hell. I'm trying to think who I went to last and who has to do another one. Probably Jenna, because I, yeah, what's your next one? Um, oh, well, my favourite Halloween special, well, it wasn't a special, see, that's the thing. It's just an episode that takes place during Halloween was probably... Anything that's spooky and or cosy, I think, goes today. See, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, cozy it's not spooky, it's it's just uh, great. Is <laughs> 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 the... Halloween, well, the, the episode entitled Halloween in the second season of Beverly Hills 90210. Um, this was iconic to me when I was growing up because I love Beverly Hills 90210. I I had a lot. I, I really, when I was on your this show, the last time I was really idling between the two because I that show transformed come my world. Like, come back completely. and do it. For real though, like, come back I and do it. I love it. But yeah. this, it, this is such a good episode because um, it's when... It's a like empirical episode because it's like Dylan is still with and I say it exactly like Brenda because I was obsessed with Brenda Walsh and I wanted to be Brenda Walsh but then I also was in love with Jason Priestley and it was very confusing for mm-hmm. me because that was her brother uh. and I was like just kiss oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. so Brenda and Dylan were still together they because they're in Beverly Hills they go you know, they're always talking about, oh, we're from Minnesota and we didn't have Halloween there. Like, we didn't have fancy Halloween there. We just, like, dressed as ghosts and vampires or whatever. Bin bags. Exactly. You know? <laughs> they're, they're giving us the bin bag vibe, the Walsh twins. But then, because they're in fancy Beverly Hills now, they can go to this Hollywood dress-up shop and they go and it's all, like, clothes from the movies. And it is, I've never forgotten this, where, like, Dylan and Dylan doesn't want to go because he's too cool for school, obviously, to this party. But he ends up finding Warren Beatty's uh, costume from Bonnie and Clyde and him and Brenda go as Bonnie and Clyde. And it is just, that costume that Brenda wears is just 
out of this world. It's sensational. She looks amazing. Shannon Doherty looks unreal. But that's not the point of the episode because it's actually a form. It's like a very informative episode with like Kelly ends up wearing, gets slut shamed by Brenda. Basically, Kelly is wearing this very revealing kind of Elvira esque vampire queen outfit and when she comes to the party Brenda is basically such a wagon to her she's like what are you doing with your tits out you slapper um you're asking for trouble Kelly and then she ends up with this guy who's a college guy who's dressed as a cowboy and he tries to assault her that's the big part of the episode the big dun 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 um so it kind of is sadly Brenda's kind of sadly justified in a way but mm. then they do have this breakthrough scene at the end of it where Kelly's crying and Brenda's like I, I shouldn't tell you what to do Kelly like you look amazing blah blah Aww. but Donna is dressed sorry, this is Donna is dressed as a mermaid and can't walk for the whole episode and it's just I love Donna the best like comedy value wise but it's just one of those really glamorous for like a child growing up in Ireland and like Halloween just wasn't mm. glamorous just to see was, it You're standing like outside that. a fire made of pallets wearing a bin it's bag. Exactly. Like, I mean, you're highly flannel. You're constantly highly flannel. And you're fucking like. buzzing on Frosties yeah. and other assorted 90s sweets. <laughs> you know, it's a great time but it also certainly is not going to a costume shop and making choices. It's exactly. just being ushered yeah. through all of these weird flammable highly flammable situations mm, and every Halloween I always put up on Twitter the picture of Brenda and Donna carving pumpkins and just sticking their hands in with the pumpkin goo because it's such a bizarre photo that I love it I, every year I'm just like well, I just love that episode so much it's ridiculous but it's also the first proper episode where like Brandon and Emily Valentine who who becomes she's in this I like I cannot this episode about when they do drugs so that's a, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, this is she's the bad girl. So she comes. Uh, this is when her and Brandon have their first kiss in the peach pit in this episode, and that's a very uh, huge deal. Huge yeah. deal. But yeah, I love that. That's my favorite Halloween. Huge episode. deal plus costumes. You just reminded me in college. I did in my in a fit of courage and confidence dress up as Ariel the Little Mermaid wow. I had very long uh, dyed red hair and built a fishtail with my aforementioned friend Christina who was amazing at making costumes she and I made a fishtail couldn't fucking walk in it looked you were amazing <laughs> and just wore like a purple bra and yeah. was just not afraid of anyone or anything but also just like walking around topless like absolutely disgraceful 20 year old behaviour like looked unbelievable to be fair like this is the thing but also I was thinking in that episode I was like Donna is wearing less than Kelly and yet Brenda goes after Kelly. I was like, what? Like, at least, like, Kelly is wearing a corset. Like, uh, Donna's see. going around with no top on. Like, basically, she's standing in her bra. Like, it's like, it's, a, it's the pot calling the kettle a slapper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other pack of lies that we were sold watching, um, like, witnessing Halloween through American TV was the idea that you don't get cold. Oh, yes. Yeah. What is this? But like? also the idea that you'd be able to have a party in somebody's house without their mum and dad being there and you'd have more than one bottle of dusty old cider or whatever. Like, that. you actually were, they were going around with punch. Yeah. And like these houses were massive and there was never any adults. And you were like, when does this happen? And their houses weren't attached to anybody else's houses. <laughs> exactly. There were adults who were going to fucking ratchet out because they were terrible. We had to be really quiet. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like the, the, the house party of Ireland in the sort of late, uh, the, the knots was certainly not a Beverly Hills situation by any no. account. It no, was we did have that one unicorn friend who had parents went out a lot and lived in a detached house. Yeah, there Which is. is I know. did have one friend like that in college, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was great, actually. Yeah, yeah. Her parties Don't lose were, them. Yeah. Her parties were <laughs> astonishing. To All Irish, like, here. teen parties are like that bit in um, 
what Adrian Mole where he's like, oh, I just had a bottle of Sinatogen <laughs> in the shed and now I have a headache. <laughs> oh, I did go to one um, American style party here. It was it was in like D four. Um, but it was there was like a band in the garden playing pop. What? Wow. And like, it was like everybody was like drinking and it was a full garden. And there was a topless guy who, like, two weeks later was in the paper because he got 900 points in his leaving service. Oh! It was like... Whatever became of him. Wow. Yeah. Whereas that guy's like the fucking attorney general or something. Yeah. Sad and yeah. depressed. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. You know, my pal from college, had she, her folks had a beautiful house in Hoth. Uh, it featured an empty swimming pool um, and what? a tennis court and it was really like you never know meeting her but the house was fucking amazing but unfortunately every time she threw a party everyone just became clinically unhinged yeah. by the luxury <laughs> that we were in so nobody was able Absolutely. to control themselves under like the like the, the, remember there was one house party where for weeks afterwards she was going around the house scrubbing the word loose l-o-o-s-e off the walls because somebody had in a, in a total blind luxury induced <laughs> like mania had decided to write the word loose on all of the walls of like the house like the shining yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think sinister. their parents eventually stung her because he'd written it in the dust in the empty <laughs> who is this man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was Mick Potter I don't know who it was, was. <laughs> 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 it was. Those are, those are, I'm glad I got to go to a handful of good sessions but I don't think I could have like sustained the level of uh, of madness that being in a beautiful backdrop did to me, do. you know. And they yeah. were great people. It was Not great undeserved, nights. you see. You're just like, it's undeserved. <laughs> makes you, makes you I think, bananas. I think uh, that's definitely... Julia, it's your turn again. If we're trying to mark off a few, like, how do you, how do you tell a good Halloween special? I think uh, an unrealistic house party is definitely one of them. And yeah. so one that I... Yeah. Uh, well, I come back to a lot of Sabrina's, but I think the ver- season one... Uh, Halloween special of Sabrina is it sh- it it has so many layers to it because first of all I think in Sabrina it's really nice that you get the her family's side of things because um in her obviously in witch culture this is a day to celebrate really a day to celebrate the dead and they have their own non mortal traditions and for her it yeah they have, they have Halloween carols, carols. <laughs> they have Chris, like, and they have Christmas like a family Halloween celebration songs, yeah. it's it's really something that it's quite sacred and um I love that it's because there are these kind of two traditions are butting heads like the uh, everything that is happening at school and all the cool things that Sabrina wants to keep up with and all the traditions in her family I love that these are are butting heads and this is the first time you get to see it kind of really up front um because usually she's she's trying to kind of cover up the spooky side of herself day to day but in this in this episode she's actually uh she's got to like roll her eyes and and crack on with it and she's so bored at this family party but the whole premise is that she has made a double of herself to go to harvey kinkle's super cool house party that's happening on halloween um with food that's uh, expiring on november 1st yeah Yeah. and uh the the double (laughs) first of all very cute witch costume so check for for lead character well actually all the characters look incredible in their costumes Olivia's Jackie yeah, O is and, and oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Should I remember that yeah, yeah. it's James almost clueless level yeah. very effortless James oh, yeah. <laughs> the best part of that is when they cut to the party and every single guy is in uh, a white t-shirt yeah. James <laughs> so good. it's such Fantastic. an amazing visual show yeah, they don't yeah. mention it loud but it's cool um, so what I love first of all obviously it's got the re- the unrealistic house party thing and uh, Sabrina actually streaks in this episode as well so yeah. like watching back like the season one of Sabrina like had these moments that really kind of were way more out there I think as it got bigger 
they got a little bit more tame in terms of where they would go with with kind of language and topics and stuff like that but the co- First of all, the comedy writing in Spring Night is so, so good. It's aged so well. It's really funny. And really yeah. underrated, I think. Um, well. but there's this wonderful moment. So Sabrina ends up having to go to this family party in the on the realm. And it's really boring. And she's not having a good time. And in the end, her uh, aunts give her a gift of uh, 30 minutes to spend with the dead the dead person of her choice deceased person of her choice and she a reanimation yeah, thank you yeah. uh she chooses to spend it with her grandmother and it's this beautiful moment of if we're talking about this episode being like a really lovely moment where her two worlds come together she's ta- she's basically telling her mortal grandmother that she's a witch and she has 30 minutes to kind of explain this to her and uh i absolutely love anything any show where a kid or a teenager like has this secret power or something where they're they're they have to hide it from the outside world but it's this thing that they carry around with and she has this really like almost over the top written scene where she's effectively coming out to her grandmother her like her her grandmother has the the stereotypical reaction of well as long as you're happy and it's absolutely stunning moment and it's um, <laughs> yeah she chooses then to just like spend the rest of her evening reading letters from her her grandmother but I just from from the costumes to like oh the, even the idea of like candy corn like all the Sabrina candy corn's fucking gross candy oh. corn is the biggest lie that is the it Americans... a lie because in my head because I haven't eaten it oh don't it just don't yeah, it tastes really? like exactly nothing it is just but, but do you remember that Perry popcorn Coloured popcorn. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it, it's not like that then, no. Because no, 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 I used no, no, to no, really no, like no, that. No, no. That shit I like that, yeah. yeah. Hold the promise <laughs> of candy corn alive in your head because IRL, it is literally just hard lumps of uh, question mark, question mark, question mark. It's waxy. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's beautifully vi- be- visually beautiful, but it, I used to work in a place that I was feel, like. I've seen it so yeah. much mm. on TV, I feel like I've eaten it. Like, I feel like I can, mm. I can remember the taste, but I've definitely never eaten it before. That is the feeling to hold on to because the reality is crushing. <laughs> uh, having having been excited in America and being, oh my God, they, they do amazing Halloween sweets. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, now I think our, our supermarkets kind of match it, but over there it's like fucking everything. Intense. Shape of pumpkin, everything is pumpkin spice. You love to see it. Uh, but the candy corn is just little bits of wax. Yes. Little bits of wax. Maybe I was eating the wrong brand, but I was told this was the right shit. I don't know. I think it's just little waxy boys. Yeah, I used to work in a place that had it was like an IT place and a factory. And in the factory they had like a dispenser for earplugs, but they're all like psychedelic orangey colours. Oh. And there was like the forbidden candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forbidden. <laughs> forbidden. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, Sabrina, I think, also falls into that lovely uh wider category of just a wintry show. It is. Mm. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah. just a festive. Nice Polonex. I, I simply yeah. don't observe the modern one, unfortunately, because I did watch it and I was just like, mm, this, this, doesn't, this feels a bit like they're turning sexualizing something. a 15-year-old yeah. at me. I'm not I sure. Couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I was very excited to watch it and I got through one episode. No, I guess same. I was just like, I don't. This ain't, this is not. The tone is weird and they're, they're yeah. turning something that was like cheery and... Fun. And they're Riverdale-ish. Mm. Like, yeah, sexy teens gone yeah. wild. And so original screen is on Amazon Prime now. Oh. As of last week, where I watched it last night. But we were flicking through the thumbnails last night and we got to one and Jenny was wearing a jumper that was so bad in the thumbnail. We're like, I remember that jumper. Yeah. It was awful then. Yeah. It's even worse now. I always <laughs> remember the mitosis is That's, that's what I was going to say. Sabrina Holy is crap. unmatched Fridia. at turning Fridia. very, very small 
boring sentences into catchphrases. Yeah. yeah. So what mitosis is from this Halloween episode, Mr. Poole can Mr. be so Poole, annoying. Mr. Poole yeah. so I'd love annoying. to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Friday thing, the Fridia. Fridia. Yeah. It's so Everything strange. Everything Salem like, does, you know. Yeah. Mm. Just kind of lives, it lives on in you in this really echoey, weird way. And I think because Melissa Joan Hart is so visually ubiquitous as Clarissa and then immediately mm. as Sabrina that you're like, I feel like I grew up with that bitch. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I've known her forever. Oh, her, you know, yeah. I, I go way back. I went with to her, school you know? with her. Actually, I know her, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so, but, but because it deals with witchcraft in this really lovely way and in a playful way, yeah. I've been, been pulled up on this as well in that, because I write about witches and stuff. Um, I did write about witches. I'm not writing about them anymore because I did that. I've done, I've done my witchy thing. Um, I simply cannot, <laughs> cannot continue to do it even though I want to. Uh, is that like you kind of have to let teenage witches have a bit of crack? Yeah. The, the most accurate piece of criticism I was ever handed about uh, my novel about witches, which is just like, you give a teenage girl magic powers and she's not going to have any fun with them? And I'm just like, yes. She's having a terrible time, but life is hard. What Sabrina does is she actually has a good time with magic. She enjoys it. And there are lovely moments of pathos and growth. And it is that there's a two-ness to what she experiences and like all this hiding who you are from your friends and hiding who you are from your family. And like, then there's... But it's not laboured. And that's the thing. And the tone... It's dazzling. It has like a, like that kind of clueless almost tone Mm. of like irreverency, like... A teen irreverency that was all at, at that time that was happening at that time and it doesn't over explain itself I don't think you and again in, in, in looking at the way Sabrina is done today where everything has to be so fucking literal mm. that like it, it, Sabrina's not literal yeah it kind of trusts you yeah like come on catch up you know where we are exactly. this is what we're doing no yeah. explanation she's a body double now whatever this is what we're doing <laughs> Why you can, get the joke like you, that's the thing exactly yeah. rather than this sort of belaboured like depressive oh my fest. god like why is everything Batman begins I love that they they always fall back on a really convenient rule that you're not allowed to use your magic to do this yeah. so of course <laughs> you can't just magic yourself out of the situation okay bam god in the machine there you go whatever this is how this works this is actually kind of what we were talking about there in Indiana right where it's just like this is just what's yeah. happening now <laughs> like no no further explanation this is just what's going on um Alan one more for the road there's actually because genuine two on your list. I and did. They both do something very similar, which is I think that sitcoms do is really sneak a very important piece of plot information into the Halloween episode. Mm. Is that they have to go super wacky so they can sneak something super serious into it? Ah. So community epidemiology. Oh my which god! Where Shirley gets pregnant. What an episode! Yeah. And also Rose is pregnant in that Halloween episode. Yeah, it's pregnant so in Halloween episode. Uh, <laughs> and also uh, Halloween Four of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is where oh. Jake proposes to Jake, me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love all the Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine I just mm-hmm. find them just really important just so like and yeah. one of my favourite ones is one where like obviously Gina obviously Gina just full stop when <laughs> 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 Gina is on roller skates and like takes her teeth out that mm-hmm. episode because the back to like minute to minute in that episode it, it never there's just it's joke upon joke mm-hmm. upon joke and it's just it actually never stops I think it's one of the best written um, and it's a later Brooklyn Nine-Nine which is surprising but it's one that I think it's one of their best written episodes ever and then also in the other, the very first Halloween one, the very first Halloween heist, uh, the Boyle is dressed as Mario Batali. And that is one of the funniest costumes I've ever, like, I mean, all those cold opens are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like most of them are, but like that, I just think, yeah. All, like, and as you, you say, you do sneak in, you can sneak in the big plot points in the Halloween episodes in a kind of fun way. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, it's the, in the community episode, it's when, yeah, at the end where Troy gets, 
the voice, voicemail, the, yeah, the voicemail yeah. and he's like, like why are you calling me? me? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> saying that they had sex and nobody knows who Shirley is. They, mm. They're all like, don't say, she's Miss Piggy, she don't say, because she has this blonde wig on and this pink dress. Yeah. And she's like, I'm a character <laughs> from your childhood. And it's just like, oh my God, she is Miss Piggy. But then obviously he says, no, you, I know you're Glinda the Good Witch. And that's mm. when they start kissing, he's dressed as like the tennis, uh, not the, the, ice, the ice skater. Ice skater yeah. And he's like, uh, anybody that says Michelle Kwan or anything to me, he's like, you're a racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so, it's, uh, but that episode is brilliant because I watched it during the pandemic as well. It's just mm. all pandemic. That, like, I felt so close yeah. to that in terms of just even how close people yeah. were standing. And ugh, it was so much more visceral watching yeah. it yeah. post-pandemic. And it's a gorgeous, like, kind of um, Shaun of the Dead kind of nod where, like, because they have the Dean's playlist on yeah. and he's playing like it's an ABBA playlist but it's punctuated <laughs> by all his like lists notes to self but then like when all the zombies start attacking and it's dancing it's just playing, full, yeah, full it's of ABBA soundtrack it's the, amazing yeah, yeah. that's kind of like a Shaun of the Dead kind of thing but it's like, one of the standard episodes of Community it's like it one is. of the ones you think if you recommend an episode of Community like watch Epic of Limonji, watch Chaos Theory watch yeah. you know yeah and like the Dean as Lady Gaga's perfection. Yeah. <laughs> what, absolutely amazing. Yeah. As a costumed character throughout, yeah. the Dean has incredible, oh, just mm-hmm. like high level every time. <laughs> yeah. The lower, the low rolling Dalmatian gags, like just very powerful. Oh, I also love detail. a standalone episode where the audience gets to remember it happened, but actually everyone in the episode doesn't. So we we are like privileged mm. in that we get to, we get to know everything that happened that like in on it yeah wiped from their memories, which happens like it happens here and there in Buffy as well, um, but also yeah I love the idea of like planting a little bit of important possibly sinister or just you know mind blowing little bit of information in hiding it in these like wacky complete breaks from genre, like it happen it happens in but like the Halloween episodes of like. That Halloween episode of Community, that the Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine, the Halloween episode of Thirty Rock, it's shows that are completely surreal, allowed yeah. to be even more surreal to push it to another level because it's like Halloween and like the Thirty Rock episode where like it's not the werewolf bar mitzvah one because that's not in the Halloween episode, which is so upsetting <laughs> that it's not because it's the best Halloween yeah. song, but it's and actually Donald Glover sings that. Um, yeah, he's on the full version yeah, on YouTube. He's, he's because there, yeah. like Tracy didn't turn up, like so. I mean, <laughs> so whatever. So it's like a, a childish Gambino song, I like to say. But um, so the Halloween episode of Thirty Rock, they have when uh, Tracy thinks it's like the rule of three that there's another celebrity that's going to die, and he tries to kill Jimmy Fallon, which is just <laughs> I love that idea. Anyway, <laughs> please succeed and follow through. And then when he rings Betty White, and she's like, "I will end you." Yeah, like, it's just so. You're you're allowed to be completely wild and it's when they they go and find the puppet in stone mountain where kenneth is from mm. um this really disgusting pup ventriloquist act but it, it just i think those kind of because it's halloween it allows them just to amp up everything that is so surreal about the shows in the first place mm. and with community it works so well that's like a mini movie almost like um i think it's one of their best episodes community did so much with so with the money oh, they got like definitely. that and the paintball, paintball episodes, episodes yeah incredible it really are incredible yeah. but I also love in um, the first Halloween I think it is in the first one of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where like Amy actually I think speaks for a lot of us sometimes because she's like Halloween is just Christmas for Christmas <laughs> like, and I know that feeling when you're out in the street and you're like yeah but like Christmas is Christmas for jerks as well mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all the same <laughs> we should probably finish up by talking about The Simpsons yeah yes. I will reluctantly on this day 
talk about the Yellow Family show. I will do it just once. I will admit to having absorbed some Simpsons. Just so you know, this is I'm participating (laughs) in Simpsons conversation. This once. Just once. Just once. Um, Because I think if you were a child at that time, the Treehouse of Horror, whether you watched it deliberately or not, whether it was just around it, it's ubiquitous. Like it's like pretty fucking brilliant. You know, all of them were brilliant. So uh, I remember being quite bored by the first one when when I was like seven or eight when it aired because I did not have any interest in the Raven as an eight year old. The one with the Raven, yeah. We were very different eight year olds all. Yeah. Um. But now watching again last night, I was like, Dan Castellaneta should have gotten an Emmy for that as Homer. Like it's incredible, absolutely unbelievable voice work. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was. I think I was so kind of that went so over my head that I was genuinely a bit freaked out watching this. Like. Mm. I, I was freaked out that I couldn't follow what was happening in The Simpsons, more so than I was freaked out about the fact that it's the Raven. And it's obviously terrifying when you watch it back with a bit more knowledge. Um, but I think the first one, because there's so many to choose from, the first one that stood out for me as genuinely, like, it, it's it's hilarious, it's The Simpsons, obviously, but the one that really spooked me is the one with the fly. Mm. oh yeah that's so good oh my god it just i i couldn't even put it into words why but it just got me deep down i found it really unsettling and really sinister first of all i love any kind of professor frank centered episode of the simpsons (laughs) just what a guy um so bart goes through this kind of transport uh transportation device that professor frank has has made and he ends up discovering that if you put two kinds of species in there then their dna's get mis- mismatched mismatched and you'll come out like you might be half dog half human and then you'll get a half human half dog he puts the the cat and the dog in the device and the it uh it emerges that you end up with a cat dog character and then a cat dog with two asses um so he ends up going in with the fly and and he has it in his head that he's going to be this like super fly but actually his consciousness is placed in the tiny fly body with Bart's head and then the fly ends up taking over his body, which is disgusting. And, and there's just some moments of that of like, it's so visceral and even the idea of being around it is fucking horrible. But what I find so disturbing is that the family start really liking it. And I think like the stuff of nightmares for me is like the idea of someone taking your place and people not noticing like your family finding like a better version of you and forgetting about you and uh like I just didn't like it at all it really unsettled me but those three house of horrors like that like so they're getting you ready as a child they're priming you to watch Jeff Goldblum with his penis in a medicine cabinet <laughs> in the fly like they're getting you ready for Cronenberg body horror they're getting you ready to see the shine in like I just think as a kid to watch it it's you know you're introduced to so many things even when Bart is dressed as Alex from A Clockwork Orange mm. like they're they were doing it for themselves but they also opened massive doors to a massive as audience kids watching like, it, I mostly like yeah. the Raven one because it rhymed and felt really good and I ended up being super into that weird gothic shit as a teenager obviously um, but I I think that that um I don't remember any of the voice actors names but that performance like Homer's performance in that as the unbelievable. voice actor so good like I did it's very the... it's very close to um Roald Dahl's Revolting Rhymes yes you ever had yes. that like the kind of dipping in and out from the narrator 
it's unreal so like there's a at the junior cert level you could bring your own poem for like study and I brought the raven because I managed to learn it completely off by heart I can still do most of it and I do begrudgingly cite the Simpsons as the beginning of that for me because it's just I can see it I can see the the interior of that room it's the one thing from that show that has really lodged in me and of all things it was very specifically lodged inside me forever I feel like I'm an alien that I'm the only like I don't know I I feel like it's one of the ones that I'm like I can actually go now that was sort of a that was sort of a fancy one and what a fucking like downer of a thing to have taken from the Simpsons like I really like what they did with the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe and the Dreamhouse of Horror but I'm not joking I'm deadly serious I feel like Citizen Kang is the basis of like every millennial's politics is Citizen Kang Abortions like, for some, yeah. miniature American flags for others. Throw your vote away, vote third party. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and we're always twirling. Always like, twirling. All of those quotes, I use them all the time. They're in my head yeah. all the time when anything to do with politics happens. Whenever there's an election, whenever there's anything going on, it's like that just encapsulates it in such an amazing way that like, and it's it's just joke, it's hit after hit. Oh, it's also a testament to that era of Simpsons where they could get those jokes in and mm. as a child they would go right past you and it wouldn't bother you yeah like you and just knew oh the timing of this is great I, and I'm, I'm sure that means something in the real world but it doesn't bother me that I don't get it like yeah. I couldn't believe it it always bothered that me back. that I didn't get it which is why I don't like the Simpsons <laughs> so as a kid I would just be like I don't know what you're saying I don't know what these am I meant to know who these people are who are you what's going on like I got so angry I can actually feel it shit that's <laughs> great when you can keep on watching it and go back to it and when he like just something now in Citizen Kang where he just has that line of like 75 year old candidate Bob Dole that makes me yeah. laugh so much now that I, I never used to laugh at that obviously when I was little but then the older that you get and the more that you understand it the funnier it just becomes and I love that about those episodes especially um, and what was the other one I was going to say that was really good The Devil and Homer Simpson is probably one oh, of amazing. the greatest ones ever oh I mean Flanders the Donut Feeder Machine one of the, the, the most like memorable visuals in the entire like yeah, 31 yeah. seasons of The Simpsons is Homer like taking an entire torture donut machine and just taking it taking it taking it <laughs> and then more yeah. and then Lionel Hutz is in it and god I love that Lionel Hutz yeah. he's like hey it's okay I watched an episode of Matlock in a bar last night which is one of the greatest lines ever like it's a, it's it's I a good still episode. don't know what Matlock is oh I, I just god. hear grandpa saying Matlock yeah. we used to, but I, I still find it really funny we used to watch Matlock it's a very it's a, just a really old people show that's the whole point about it like, but yeah like I just love like all of those kind of the Halloween episodes where you don't expect it to be still as funny as it is and then they just The Shining kind of, still yeah. I've seen that The Shining probably easily 25-30 times Don't mind if I do <laughs> yeah. like, It's perfect like and you think to yourself they're not doing it in a way where it is like kind of messing with something so iconic because you would be worried I can see like if you're coming to that as somebody who adores The Shining or you know adores w- apocalypse now or whatever like and then you come to this it's not like they're damaging sacred cows it's actually they're they're pushing it into it in a way that you've never or flipping it around it's something that you've never thought about about it before and making it funny which but in a gorgeous way they were sort of really the first to do it and to do it so nakedly and like and specifically extremely specifically you know so I I think if people did it now today they'd be sort of like oh and did you see what they were trying to make a joke about this thing I like but back then it was just like we can do, we're just doing whatever we want. I feel like yeah. it was way more yeah. head empty, no thoughts. It was way less, uh, no tweets, in fact, for many years, you know? So mm. the opinion having was kept at an extreme minimum. So yeah. that, that let them do more. 
Exactly. Yeah. They also had the filthiest Simpsons joke I've ever heard, I realised, on a rewatch. In King Homer. I when, love King Homer. When um, they show that Marge's getting on the boat to go to Cog Island with them, and Smithers says, women and semen don't mix. And Mr. Burns goes, we all know what you think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I had never noticed before until oh, I rewatched it the other day. Yeah, see, there's always you're always gonna get something else. You're always gonna find something else in The Simpsons, and I I, I know I'm looking at you, Sarah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you really are. Like it's like Seinfeld in that way. You'll come back to it, and there'll mm-hmm. be something that you missed, or like, and like that's something that you just didn't hear or didn't get the first time around, and it's always worth. The it. day will come where I go back in, and I'm like, I'm gonna start in season one, and I'm just gonna go through this and finally adjust to adjust. Uh, that day has not yet dawned. Um, but I will do it like I will I, love, I believe like, in you I do, like, I'm not that dour I like Futurama and shit do you know what I mean but like I don't know what it is it's just like this it's like, a- because it's it's huge it's too much like sometimes it feels like I understand a friend of mine is like that she's like I hate the way you guys always quote Simpsons all the time back in her 20s not now um, <laughs> I still do it but uh, yeah so she would get really annoyed with all of us like for that and I get it because it's just everywhere yeah but it's nice to be able to look back on those Halloween ones because I obviously you know we owned a television things were on you know what I mean like you you do absorb things by osmosis and uh, I do think those three of ones stand out for like Definitely. for everybody They're you know visually amazing as well mm. like that and like yeah. the fly one is really scary yeah like it's really it gross it is genuine I remembered another moment in that one actually that so I watch a lot of horror movies and there are certain things that like will really just spook me and people on the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A bad time to be oh, had by all. I hate it. There's that there's a moment in Hereditary yeah, where she's on the ceiling and I just I can't cope with it. I think I'm as disturbed by Bart Fly on the ceiling as I am by the <laughs> Hereditary scene. I just I hate the idea that you can't look in every direction at the same time. More eyes for Julie. <laughs> More eyes. Please. <laughs> Uh, my friends, we've got this is a long one. This oh, is a bumper can special. Can I just say oh. before? <laughs> no, I was like, this is really important. Please do. The Freaks and Geeks episode, the Halloween episode of Freaks and Geeks, oh, is actually peerless because it is about Halloween is one of those things like Christmas where you realize that you are changing as a person and you're growing into an adult and you're in that kind of awkward it's phase. Special. And Halloween is one of those holidays that drives her home and you see with Lindsay that she doesn't want to hand out candy anymore with her mother but then she also doesn't want to tell her or disappoint her and she wants to hang out with her cool friends and then her brother is like Sam he doesn't want to dress up anymore um, and they're basically it's so heavy handed and I love the way they do it where they're like no you're going to read Crime and Punishment that's like you have to have this read for the weekend and it's like oh, I'm a, I have to be a grown up now these are my choices I either dress up and hang out with my like friends and pretend to like still be a kid or I can read Dostoevsky in bed like it's it's so well done and it also has that thing in it where that we all had where people the rumours about like people putting razor blades and sweets yeah. people wrapping up like dog shit in like Mars bars or whatever it has that whole thing and it is, is referenced in it as well and then it's just got Bill dressed as the bionic woman <laughs> and I just need more people to see how good that is when, and he loves himself as a woman and I just love everything about that it's just such a perfect episode every episode of Freaks and Geeks yeah, is Freaks perfect. and Geeks is obje- it's objectively a perfect show but it does capture that really distinctive mm. melancholy feeling of just about to grow up yeah that. Just about. That's the thing with Halloween. It's like, do you put away childish things or do you embrace it? That's the thing about the the Halloween specials. There, and Halloween in general is such a snapshot of where you're at, mm. and that difference between what you do as a kid and what you do as a teenager. 
and you have to make a choice at some point you're in this transitional period of like where you're aligning to and you know some kids are are moving on quicker than others and it's it's a painful time and even as an adult you hit that threshold again because i i'm doing this balcony lowering down sweets thing and i'm having having a few friends over to do it and i asked a couple of other friends and they were like oh no we're actually all going with the kids See, we go. And then the threshold happens this again. It. It's like yeah. awesome. Send me loads of photos. I can't wait to see your pumpkin babies. But also, you sure aren't going on the set, man. It's you're doing you're doing the other thing. So it's like this this torch that doesn't stop being passed. You know, where like you you go from being the costumed to the kind of pissy teen drinking cans by the bonfire to the college student who's just like li- thriving in their costumes all the way up to being somebody who sort of fairies smaller people in costumes around as well you know like it's it's a lovely you're right it is a snapshot of exactly mm. where you are you hit the nail on that only it's spooky <laughs> <laughs> it's a spooky snapshot perfect place to leave it i think yeah this is a bumper one i yeah. love when we get a long episode out so thank you both so much for uh coming and bringing so many different spooky angles for us this is ruled yeah. this is ruled uh promote yourselves julie uh tell our lovely listeners where they can listen to hook and what you've got coming up. Our album is still out. You can still yes. listen to it. Bangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's still on Spotify. Um, so I'm Julie Hawk. I'm the singer in the band Hawk, which is spelled H-A-V-V-K, just to confuse you guys. Uh, we're on all the social medias at Hawk Music, and I am on Instagram at Julie underscore Hawk, H-A-W-K underscore. Uh, that's where you can find me if you want to talk to me about nerdy things. I love it. That's deadly. Yeah, Jen. Um, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm on Twitter under Jen Pops with two ends, um, talking about hotties. You, <laughs> do some, you provide some excellent hottie content. I gotta say, like, I don't want to be on Twitter for anything else other than hotties. being a pervert. Yeah. So join me in talking about Timothee Chalamet. It's a bumper time for Chalamaniacs right now. (laughs) We've got a lot of ground to cover. He's drinking Costa coffee in London right now. Um, I also nearly left a a drag show last night because I thought he was on Graham Norton, but that's not until another couple of weeks. I love that for you though. I love that impulse to be like, I'm sorry, I simply must go home. (laughs) It's an emergency. I must go home and look at my boy. (laughs) So that's what I do on Twitter. You can come and join me. I'm all I'm all around the place. Um, I'm on Instagram, the Jen Gannon, but it's less exciting over there, I suppose. Um, so there you go. Sarah, where can we find you? Uh, in my house, uh, still living like a hermit. Um, my books are in all good bookstores, Bound Vampires and Other Words for Smoke. You can follow me on Twitter at Griffsky, but if you want to be shepherded gently to my Instagram, which is at uh, Sarah Griffsky, please release me from Twitter. Uh, please release me. Um, I want to leave. Um, if you enjoy zines, I run a Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash zine club, and I irregularly but um, enthusiastically send out zines in the mail. So if you like post, you can go and get some good post from me there, Alan. Where can we find you? Um, I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Uh, with Juvenalia.net where we have transcripts of episodes. We're going to be adding more soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we, If you're listening to this today comes out, we are doing a live show in two days oh. with the Creep Dive as part of their all day Halloween spooktacular. It's going to be so spooky. It's outdoors. It's going to be good it's gonna be fine i'm not gonna wear shorts like i was planning on doing my wife has forbidden me alan is not going to be dressing up as a sexy cat this year uh my husband is though which is very exciting carrie was like i'm gonna be a sexy cat and i was like great thank you live your best feline life yeah uh thank you d mcdonald for our artwork (laughs) 
thank you to Amelia for producing this episode and thank you to Tall Tales for having us and thank you Jen and Julie happy Halloween everybody happy Halloween